You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. Today with me, I have Walter Allen Scott. He is the author of The Meeting Place, his first self-published project. Walter is an entrepreneur. He is the owner and leading partner of Walter Scott Global where he works as an essential services consultant and executive recruiter. Mentoring people to make their lives work through personal business ownership using their hidden talents. His goal is to assist those who choose to look past their circumstances and flow and follow their dreams to success. Hey, Walter, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing really, really well. I am really excited about uh, the interview we're going to have and Mm -hmm. really looking forward to it. Um, Do you want to add anything else about yourself? Uh, Well, uh, what can I say about myself? I'm originally from, I live in the United States. I'm originally from a northern suburb called Evanston, which is is near the Chicago area. I currently... uh, they're right now in Richmond, Virginia. And there's a big story between how I got from basically Chicago to Richmond. <laughs> we don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, some other stuff Another about time. Another time, <laughs> yes. Most <laughs> uh, stuff about myself, I was, um, I served eight years in the United States Navy. Uh, I was actually a part wow. of Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Uh, afterwards, I was able to get out and go to college at Robert Morris College, received a degree at Robert Morris College in Chicago. Um, I worked several jobs. It's one of those things where uh, I feel like I was a, um, I've done a lot of different things, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I ended up finding myself uh, being a professional uh, barber because it was something oh. I did as a child. And Interesting. Um, I was always cutting either my, I was cutting my hair or cutting my brother's hair. And even while I was in the military, I, uh, people would catch me cutting my own hair and I became um, kind of a pseudo barber, but I've actually, after being in corporate America and I left my job and started going to school for barbering and I was a professional barber. I did that for 16 years. I was also an instructor. Um, okay. I had gotten to a point where I want to do something different myself. I needed, I want to do something different. I had a lot of uh, my clients, <coughs> excuse me, would come in and um, talk to me about doing different things. And so uh, I had some things happen in my life where I decided I need to do something different. I, I okay. went to the broadcasting school for a year. I was actually on, um, I actually was on a radio show. I did my own uh, internet radio show called the Positively, the Positively Speaking Radio Show Amazing. on WBEG Radio, which, out of, which was out of New York. And I also was heard uh, weekly on Windy City Underground, which was the uh, school that I'd gone to. Uh, thereafter, I... Uh, I started running my own business online. I, well, after that, I, I, I wrote a book, and then I started my own business online. I just got to a point where I wanted to start working for myself. I wanted to start doing my own thing. Uh, trying to, I just wanted to control my own destiny, my own destiny, my own hours, and things that I want to do for myself. Ah, that's good. Uh, and I'm. Based on just what you said, I'm really looking forward to the stories uh, you have. <laughs> so uh, taking it from the top, what would be the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally? 
Oh, uh, for me personally, my I believe my my decision to leave home, my decision to leave home and actually go into the military. Uh, okay. Because I wanted to, I want to go to college. Uh, the, I didn't have the grades that I really need to go to uh, to get into college uh, or get a scholarship. Because I had friends I go to school that went to like colleges like Stanford, and get, they got a full ride because of their um, education prowess. But I just wasn't that guy. Even though I was like this nerdy kid in school, and I got good grades, I was a guy who always seemed to do my homework at school and never had to bring home any books. Uh, uh-huh. But I, I. I really credit a lot of stuff that I do today based on my decision to leave home and going into the military. And the reason for that is because the military gave me, uh, it gave me structure. It kind of gave me direction. Uh, it actually gave me a community, which came, it was a camaraderie, a brotherhood, a sisterhood. I mean, uh, cause you're there with people who yes. um, you're working with and you're, you, you're giving your life to them and they're giving their life to you and they're expecting you to do whatever you need to do to take care of them. Uh, you have to have their back. Yeah, you have to have your back. Well, the biggest thing what it did also was it made me eliminate excuses. And what I mean by that is because the military, you have deadlines. You have things that are required of you to get done and it's expected to get done within a certain time frame. And also you're multitasking, you're doing things that, uh, that, that, that you would think that would be out of your realm of possibility, but but somehow because of the community that you're in, you're able to do all this stuff because you're working together with people as a team. And these people become like your brothers and like I said, like your brothers and sisters. Um, but the military gives you like this big world picture. And I think by uh, being in the military, it gave me a chance to leave home and leave that kind of like um, that keyhole size view of life that I had. environment. Yeah, from being from home because it was just, Home is great, but I think it's there's a lot of things that hold you back being there, and it takes a while for you to actually get what you really want uh, when you kind of stay there. I think in the military, um, since I went in at such a young age and I was given so much responsibility uh, that most people wouldn't receive until they're like 40 in a corporate job. Um, yeah, probably. And you know, what rank did you have in, uh, in the military? Uh, I was the E5. When I got out, because I spent eight years in, I made E6 before I left. But I decided after eight years, it was time. Eight, eight years was enough. It was time to go. I had some uh, other issues <laughs> that were. Years. <laughs> eight years. Eight years. A it lot was, of time you know, serving, yes. <laughs> it, was, it was something else. I mean, I, I came in the first eight, and, I mean, the first four, because uh, I did it in four-year increments. And uh, my first duty station was actually in Washington, D.C., and it was a duty, uh, shore duty. Uh, then afterwards, I was on the uh, ship out of Norfolk, Virginia, on the USS Yorktown, which is now decommissioned. It was like the sixth ship to carry that name of Yorktown. Okay. It was really nice. And what did you learn about leadership from the military? Well, what I learned about leadership from the military um, was pretty much that I had to be able to do what I asked other people to do. I just couldn't tell people, hey, do this because I said so. It's like people had to see me do certain things. I, uh, they had to see me do it first. I had to be the leader. I had to be the example. Uh, I had to be the person that they could come to. But at the same time, I had to know where to go and get information as well. And also I had to realize I didn't have to know everything. Uh, I, uh-huh. had who, I had people that excelled in certain areas. And then I would actually rely on people who were stronger 
than me in other areas that I wasn't. So they were somewhat the expert, even though I was the one in charge, uh, they were the one who had the knowledge. So I would basically go to them. It's kind of like how- And follow their lead? And kind of follow their lead or, or follow their, um, I would follow their advice. I would take on what yes. they, you know, I, I can make a decision based on what they were able to tell me. And then I could actually uh, find someone else who may be stronger in an area that they're not to get the job done. And that sounds like exactly what should happen also in business and in everyday life. It's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you cooperate, you work with people, they have to see that you're doing the work yourself and you are capable of doing it and taking care of your part of what you have to do. And then also trusting them to take part and also have them like, okay, in this you're more skilled. And yeah. especially when you have the high stakes of lives are, are at stake there. Mm-hmm. You need to trust the best advice you have available. If you are like one of those leaders that's, no, it's my idea and maybe I don't know nothing, but we'll do it my way. Well, that causes big problems, especially. Well, it like does. I think, the, um, I think the biggest thing is um, in the military, you learn to have a long range planning. Everybody, everybody understands the big picture. And at the same time, uh, you know where you fit. Uh, you know what what uh, your what your portion is, uh, and you know what 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 you're doing to make everything come together. And I think that's what's missing in corporate America. A lot of times, I don't think that people know what they do counts. And when you let people uh, know that what they're their doing impact. difference, it, it, it overall it just helps everyone out in in the end. Oh, that's amazing. And when it comes to the biggest leadership fail, you had the unfortunate experience of witnessing. What would that be? Well, for me, it was more personal. My my biggest thing is not just believing in myself. I okay. I just I didn't really. People would actually come to me and tell me certain things about myself that I didn't really believe, and it took me a time. And I had positive things. I hope it was all positive. It was all, all positive. positive and doubting it. It was all positive things. I was doubting it because. I had a horrible self-image. I was like, I, like I said before, I was like this nerdy kid in school. And I think that a lot of people still view themselves from their high school experience. And it's really yes. hard to get out of that mindset, so to speak. Um, I was also a people pleaser. And it was always hard for me to say no to other people because I was a people pleaser. And I had to get to a point where I had I, enough was enough. Um, yes. I had to start seeing value in myself. And I had to just start taking risks uh, when it came down to, because I, like I said, I, I used to live in, I started off in, in the Chicago area and I ended up in Richmond, but there's a lot of places I lived in between. And by, by moving to different places, what it allowed me to do is to kind of reinvent myself. And by doing that, I could come to a new place where no one knew me at all. And I could practice being that new person without someone telling me who I wasn't. And it took me a, a good while to get to a point where I could just be um, stronger for myself. Huh. It so, is a journey and it's, it's hard, but I believe it's worthwhile. Yeah. And I have like okay. the same issues, like doubting myself and being surprised that people see skills and behaviors and stuff about me that I myself cannot see. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And it's, it's challenging when people sit there and tell you, even like uh, when it came down to me writing a book, I, I was um, in a barbershop, cutting hair and I, I had a guy who came in and I think more people came to me for my content of speech more so than my haircuts. And I had a, huh? I, I had a, cause I read a lot full of books. Full service, so, full service. 
And so I had a, because I think uh, barbers and bartenders are, therap- are people's therapists, especially for yes. guys. It's like it, the, it's, exactly. You're a sounding board. But I had this young man that came to me and he told me that I should write a book. And I didn't ever see myself as someone who could do that because I thought, you know, famous people do that. Um, but he just came in with a little recorder and he said he was going to record me for talking for two weeks. And he was going to write the book that I was afraid to write and make the money I was afraid to get. And, uh. I, <laughs> and and so I'm just sitting there like, and it, it amazed me because I'm sitting there like, I hear this guy is he has all this faith in me, and I'm looking at myself like, I'm scared. Oh no, yeah, you know, and it and it's tough, but but because of that, I was able to get out and do and actually publish a book, and this is what it looks like. Awesome, the meeting place. The meeting place. We'll get we'll get to your book. We'll find out more about it. I um. <laughs> it took it, it took some time I mean but I actually you know I got it done I actually got it done and I was amazed once that happened it was a great feeling of accomplishment once that was done and I wasn't really concerned about um, it selling I just wanted to have something that had my name on it that people could come and purchase but also with it, the, my driving force for doing it was I wanted to have something that would outlast me something that would be here well after I was gone that people could say I left I could say I left a mark on the world Invisible and, and the saying that I like a lot is that I heard and it really stuck with me is like anything that's worth doing, it's worth doing badly because you yeah. get better. But if you don't start, it's, you'll never get good at it. Mm-hmm. So if it's worth it, just start doing it and eventually you're going to get better at it. Some are faster, some are slower, but uh, the journey is actually the, the most enjoyable part. It's not, <laughs> not the end goal. Oh, definitely, definitely, I agree. And Walter, what would be your leadership philosophy? Well, you kind of touched on it earlier. I think that um, for me, it's like, and even on the bottom of my emails, I put down tomorrow becomes never, no matter how small the task, take your first step now. Uh, I think most people live in procrastination and they're, they're, they're procrastinating out of fear because they don't know what to expect. Uh, and it's kind of hard to get out of, and also you don't know what other people are going to think about you. You're most people are more concerned about, uh, and more people are concerned about themselves than they are of you. But what I've learned over the years is that, uh, like, like you were talking about taking your first step, the only thing you can control is your start. You can only yes. control what you do from the beginning. Because when, when it starts and it kind of starts, like you said, the journey, it starts to evolve and it'll, it'll take you into places and things that you need, never even expected. So the only thing that you really have to worry about or concern yourself is just to start. And basically, but basically you gotta have a vision. You have to begin with the end in mind. And then you have to be able to work, uh, just be able to work to make that view come into place. Uh, and that's, and sometimes that can be difficult, but a lot of times it's learning. For me, I had to, I had to learn how, I had to earn, unlearn some things and learn, renew, learn some new things that were gonna help me get to where I needed to go. Um, sometimes that meant, uh, reading books. Sometimes that made me doing something that I was kind of uncomfortable with. Sometimes I had to get away from uh, certain people I was hanging around that was keeping me uh, at a certain level that I need to move past. Yes. So that's important. It's it's not easy, but it's doable. It's, it won't kill you. It will just help you oh, explore it'll... life more. <laughs> definitely. It will definitely help. It just You just have to know that this is something that you want. You have to go for it no matter what. No okay. 
And uh, for aspiring leaders, what would be your top three leadership tips you have for them? I would say the number one would be um, your comfort zone is your enemy. Uh, you have to escape being average. You know, you have to uh, fall in love with the actual process and stop trying to be um, and stop trying to be somebody else that you're not. Because uh, everybody else is taking. Just you have to learn how to be you. I think the hardest thing for most people to do is learn how to be themselves. themselves. They're authentic selves. Um, another one would be um, uh, good things come. People always think the good things come to those who wait. But what I find is that. Um, they come to those who do the work and people who take have action and, and pe people who take action, who pe people who are ready to, you know, to work their butts off because the secret is still work. Um, it's never the right time. It's never going to be the right time. And so what it comes down to is now is the time. If there's any time is, is now, especially right now um, or any time, it's just to get off, make it happen and just take the smallest step. Um, once you actually know what it is that you want, you just break it down in smaller steps. Um, and the third would be the, um, most people when they're in the moment when they feel like uh, they're ready to quit, that's usually when the miracles begin is about to happen. Um, so just don't give up. You just gotta keep going because it's gonna get tough, it's gonna get hard. It's gonna be, uh, like I said, you're out of your comfort zone. You're feeling kind of, I don't know. Uh, everything seems to be falling apart. And there's no really such thing as balance. I think too many people are trying to have this, this balance in their life. And there's yes. no really such thing as that. And a lot of times when you have um, your friends or family or people who are close to you will just tell you that you're crazy. What are you doing? We don't understand. And then if you actually, it's, it's your vision. It's not their vision. So you have, to yes. really, you have to keep doing what you've been called to do and not concern yourself with someone else. Um, it's kind of like uh, Noah was building an ark and everybody thought it was crazy till it started to rain. And so the thing that is, your, your rain is coming, so don't worry about that. You just gotta keep moving on to your own beat and your day will come. Yeah, and quitting too soon was one of my flaws mm -hmm. that I had and I recognized it myself. And I built like several businesses that when I told people like the returns and everything, the potential in it, for me it was like, too slow, it wasn't big enough. And for those other people that had experience in those domains, they're like, are you crazy? I would <laughs> give a leg and an arm to, to have that uh -huh. <laughs> going on. Yes, yes. And I was uh, well, being young and naive, <laughs> not always <laughs> helpful. Yes. <laughs> um, and Walter, <clears throat> Since we're, we talked a little, you wrote a book. And um, what would be like the book that had the most profound impact on you? Oh wow, there are so many books that I read, and a lot, lot, lot that have actually affected my life. But I think the the main one I know it might be overused, but I really like the book uh, "Thinking Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill that was actually published in nineteen seven yeah. during the Depression. And you know, a lot of people thought that was a book. Um, to make income because of the title. But really it's, um, it's really about uh, people being able to succeed doing whatever they want to do. Uh, what I love about the book is that uh, here Napoleon Hill went down, he went and talked to uh, men of different industries and found out what it was, that, that, that little extra umph that made them special or made them yes. money. And then if you really read through it and you start seeing 
um, what they've gone through. Because a lot of things haven't changed. Like I say, the, the, say the, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And a lot of stuff <laughs> yes. one, you know, back then, you know, people have really haven't changed much. Technology has changed how we live, but the basis of how we exist are still the same. Uh, and so that book has really been uh, something that's really helped me amongst other things. But I think out of all books, that would be like the cornerstone book uh, that people should just start with. There are many others, uh, but I think that that's one that has been the best help for me. Uh, and a story that I heard about Napoleon Hill related to the book, and because he goes in depth about visualization and looking at things and projecting and to making them true, is actually when he made it, he went to his old village and there was like a bridge, and he mm-hmm. used to visualize himself in a Rolls Royce at the end of yeah. the bridge, and he actually had to put it in a in a ditch a little to make the the visuals come true in, in real life. Well, it's true. It's true. I think the largest nation is imagination. And you have to get to a point where you can see where, where, where you're going. It's the same thing with being a barber. Um, like I said, for, for 16 years, I was a barber. But even, even being a barber, you have to be able to see the cut before you start cutting. Uh, this is the same yes. thing in life or anything that you want. You have to be able to visualize what that is, and what it looks like for you, and then kind of cut away um, from that. That's what a decision is. You're, you're cutting away things around you for you to actually go right for what it is that you're going for. Uh, so I think that um, you need to know exactly what it is that you're going for. You need to have that, that, that vision, that clear vision of what it is that you're uh, seeking. So that way everything else doesn't become a distraction. Yeah, and that's why I love my barber. He has a vision for me mm-hmm. and uh, it's tailored made for, for myself. Uh, mm-hmm. for situation. Oh, yeah, it's 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 I I love it a lot. So it's oh yeah, it's definitely. But yeah. outside, I think um uh, one of the books that helps me now and times today uh, with everything that's happening because people are so distracted and everything that's going on is a book called the um the one book. I'll show you a copy of it. The one book. The one book. Only the, the one, one thing. thing. The one the thing. One thing. Because I think what, what most people are doing is that they're trying to do the multitaskings, they're trying to get involved with so many things, uh, and nothing ever happens when you're doing too many things at once. Uh, and I think once you realize what your one thing is, when you realize, because everybody is, everybody is born with a certain talent or a skill, uh, that if you cultivate that, it can take you where, where, wherever you want to be. Uh, but most people don't, they're not trying to find that. They're really just, um, really just clones of other people. They're just doing what other people tell them or think that they should do. They're just, just staying on the, the road of average. And they're just doing what everyone says. Well, just do that. Yeah. And Walter, uh, when it comes to your book, uh, can you uh, tell a little about it and what you well, try to achieve with it? Well, with me, I wrote a book called The um, the Meeting Place. It can be found on Amazon.com. Uh, it was self-published because uh, I wanted to be able to uh, – because when I, when I tried to put it through with other publishers, uh, they wanted to change some things. I didn't want anything really changed. I've, um, I had some challenges when I first started. I had a guy that was really helping me out, and he was a, somewhat of a stranger to me, but he actually um, was helping in the beginning. But in the end, it came out to uh, – he just took advantage of me, really, what it, what it came oh. down to. And then oh, I had another good. gentleman – uh, that I worked with afterwards who pretty much did the same thing and I had to go through a lot of oh uh, my god 
where somebody they had taken the book from me, they had published it under them and not me, and I had to end up going through. I didn't really have to go through court. I just had to go through where I, uh, I had to go through a process of getting my book back because I proved that it was mine because I had already had it. Um, uh, I can't think of the word for it right now, but I had it written. I had it in my name. Everything was in my name, yes. so they could say that it was theirs. Uh, but it was a. But overall, it was a good process. I'm glad that I was able to do that. You learned a lot. Not pleasant. But a lot. Lots of lessons. But really, the meeting places are really about being um, who you are, wherever you are. Uh, it allows you to get down to your authentic self. And it was my first uh, book that I've ever written. And right now I'm working on a, on a second book. Uh, second book? Nice. I'm working on a second book. And it's been years because I wanted to work on a second book. And I met somebody uh, who is um, as my as my publisher right now. His name is... Um, Kelly, Mr. Kelly Cole, and he has his own publishing company with the, uh, it's called the Publishing Advantage Group. And he's actually helping a lot of people get their self-published, even people who've never written books before. He's allowing them, he ha he, he's been doing a different uh, things online right now. He does a lot of things online. He also does workshops and teaches people how they can use their book as their new, as basically as their business card. Because most people don't, pay attention to a business card, but they will pay attention to <laughs> yes. <a business. laughs> yes, that's <laughs> true. That is and, true. And I love that. I love that. And Walter, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Oh, wow. Well, I used to have a website. I don't keep the website up anymore because um, social media is at a point where um, people can find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn just using my actual name, Walter Allen Scott. Um, and I'm also... Uh, can be found on my business. I do have a business website as well. Okay. Uh, uh, that I can Which be found. Which is? It's uh, WalterAllenScott.acnivo.com. Okay. I'll put it. links to your social media profiles and to your business website in the show notes so people can find you. All right, cool. Because I made a little sign that made it easier. I did this. <laughs> I don't know if that <laughs> uh, it will help it will help for creating the show notes uh, so uh, Walter it has been a pleasure having you on the show and talking with mm -hmm. you thank you very much Definitely. For coming. this has been awesome it's been a great experience and it's been great talking with you and talking and having everyone who's listening and hopefully I've said something that will spark and help someone grow personally for sure for sure thank you bye thank you that was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.